a lot of time with this because we have important fare to get to. But we have been alerted by one of our astute listeners to a case in Florida where a man threw another man off a bridge right in front of a cop who arrested him. An eyewitness to the entire fracas was interviewed by the local news station. This man, well, he explains what he was doing. You should probably know he is dressed as a pirate. Hmm? The broad pirate captain hat. Pittsburgh or seafaring? Seafaring. Okay. The broad, I'm the captain of the ship hat, and then the poofy shirt is made famous on, on Seinfeld. Again, Willie Stargell or Blackbeard? B- the latter. Okay. Um, and, and here he is. Uh, it's a little late for National Talk Like a Pirate Day, but this is what he sounds like. I was fishing here next to the bridge, and I heard a commotion on the bridge. When McKen- Not a single yar, or tis true. <laughs> Not a single matey. No reference to the plank. <laughs> so dude is just dressed as a pirate. Fishing. Fishing. They sure. interview him on the news, make no reference to it, and he goes on his <laughs> merry way. There are days I love the modern world. They are few and far between. But at least for this moment, I do. I do indeed. Let me get some more coffee. A little caffeine. It'll help control your weight before I start into this. So, two things. As we mentioned yesterday, uh, because there's there's an artist woman... Got a display out now where she uh, she wears various clothes and then printed on the clothes are the awful things people have said to her on social media about her weight. She's she's a pretty big woman and people say all kinds of just hateful things about her. And can't imagine where that comes from. And, and it's just, a sickness. And, uh, yeah, as I said yesterday, it's just absolutely ridiculous. What 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 is with people? On the other hand, I also it seems to me in this this piece that I'm about to read from gets into it a lot, and I'm going to leave this part out of it. That's why I. And bringing this up, it seems like there's a a movement among some to you would like it if you could live in a world where you didn't have to worry about what you eat, but that's just a fantasy land. Yes, exactly. It's it's not it's not shame or something that's put on us by culture or 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 whatever. We all need to everything we eat. Think about whether or not we should eat this. That's just the way you ought to live. Right. That's not awful. It, I think it would be cool if I could go out to eat and never worry about what I eat. But that's just, I also wish I could fly. Sure. It's just not. Right. It's divorced from reality. And so this piece that, uh, I, I don't know if it started on HuffPo or where it started, um, but it's it's been traveling around social media. It's really long. Everything you know about obesity wrong, is wrong. Part of what the, they're trying to drive at is just this awful culture that we have of where you have to you know worry about your weight. I'll hit you with some statistics. But in this piece, in this piece is really the 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 lodestone. Is that what Pence says? Lodestar. Lodestar. Yeah. The lodestar of what we all need to understand, and it's depressing, but it is what it is. You know what's depressing is how feverishly everybody was interested in who wrote that editorial, how that was the most important thing in America. Now nobody cares. Is that a year ago? Not even a little. Is that five years ago? Doesn't that tell you something? It does, because now I feel like the person could come forward and say, I'm the one who wrote the op-ed, and everybody would say, yeah, did you ever sexually assault Kavanaugh, or did he sexually assault right. you? No? Well, then get out of here. I'm sorry. I, I changed the topic. Let me unbutton my pants and listen to this diet stuff. Um, and they're making the point that, 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 uh, science has known for a long time that diets don't work and the way the human body works and, um, and it's been kept from us by 
a variety of people, and certainly the weight loss industry is not that interested in telling you this, but uh, brings us to one of the largest gaps between science and practice in our own time. Years from now, we'll look back in horror at the counterproductive ways we addressed the obesity epidemic and the barbaric ways we treated fat people long after we knew there was a better path. About 40 years ago, Americans started getting much larger. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, nearly 80% of adults and about one-third of children now meet the clinical definition of overweight or obese. We all know this story. Just look around you. Mm-hmm. Look at your look at your kid's school picture. Look at your school picture um, from back when you were young. More Americans live with extreme obesity than with breast cancer, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, and HIV put together. Great Scott. Yeah. The medical community's primary response to this shift has been to blame fat people for being fat. Obesity, we are told, is a personal failing that strains our health care system, shrinks our GDP, and saps our military strength. It is also an excuse to bully fat people in one sentence and then inform them in the next that you're doing it for their own good. See, I don't know who does that. Yeah, this there's too much of this. Right, right. We'll get to the science. Well, I, you know, I'm trying to set it up. Yeah, I know. That's why the fear of becoming fat or staying that way drives Americans to spend more on dieting every year than we spend on video games or movies. 45% of, see, this, this is presented as a negative, and I think that this, some of this is a positive. 45% of adults say they're preoccupied with their weight. Some are, some are all of the time. Sure. That's yeah. the only way to keep, stay healthy. I am, and I think if you're healthy. not, you're crazy. Right. I don't think that's bad. Right. I want my kids to be concerned. Well, I don't know if concern's the right word, but aware. But aware. That's a think good about word. it. Yeah. Keep track of it. Your whole life, every day of your life. Right. In the era of industrialized food, which is at the root of a lot of our obesity problems, I think that's incredibly important. It's a survival skill. The idea of going out to eat and not being concerned at all about what you put into your your body just seems crazy to me. Right. And they're presenting it as an awful thing. But anyway, that's a different topic, really. Um, uh, so 45% of uh, adults are preoccupied with their weight. Some are all of the time. God, well, that's so that's amazing to me that 55% aren't preoccupied with their weight summer all of the time? You aren't? Wow. It's an 11-point rise since 1990. Nearly half of three- to six-year-old girls say they worry about being fat. Three-year-old Three-year-olds? Girl. That's a... Wait a minute. Anyway. But this is interesting. For 60 years, doctors and researchers have known two things that could have uh, improved or have saved millions of lives. I would put the point in, saved a lot of money. The first is that diets do not work. Not just paleo or Atkins or Weight Watchers or Goop, but all diets. Since 1959, research has shown that 95 to 98% of attempts to lose weight fail. 95 to 98% of attempts to lose weight fail. And two-thirds of dieters gain back more than they lost. The reasons are biological and irreversible. And here's where we get into the the, uh, lodestar, which we've talked about in the past, but... It's depressing. They have known since the 60s. Now, I remember seeing my doctor years ago, long before you ever brought us whatever study or whatever. I remember years ago my doctor saying to me one time about weight, and he said something kind of like offhandedly because we weren't real, I wasn't really there for a weight thing. He kind of just said, off, well, yeah, you have a set weight, and your body's going to try to get back to that, whatever it is. And I just thought, well, that's interesting. I've never really heard that before. Yeah. And I thought, that's interesting that... He says that. I don't read about that. That's not what my friends talk about. The doctor note says that. I just mm-hmm. thought that was kind of interesting, but I, I wasn't Stuck there. in your mind, though. It's stuck in my mind, because yeah. I'd never heard that idea before. And this person is saying they've known since the 60s that losing just 3% of your body weight 
Do a little math on that. For me, that'd be like five pounds, six pounds. Um, resulted in a 17% slowdown in your metabolism. A body-wide starvation response that blasts you with hunger hormones and drops your internal temperature until you rise back to your highest weight. Keeping weight off means fighting your body's energy regulation system and battling your hunger all day, every day, for the rest of your life. Super. Just losing a few pounds, your body goes into full-on, we need to gain that five pounds back. We're going to lower the temperature. We're going to make him hunger all day long, every day, until he gets that weight back. We're going to slow down the metabolism so he can hold on to every calorie that goes in and not burn it up. That's what happens if you lose even a couple of pounds. Well, it's so easy to understand. How, how oh, long? It's clearly what happens. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You don't even need the science no. if you've lived a little bit and known uh, other people who've dieted, known yourself to diet. But uh, what's the latest responsible estimate for how, how long Homo sapiens have been uh, ruling the planet? A few hundred thousand years? Sure. Uh, sure. We'll, we'll like say 500,000. For 499,000 and like... 780 years. The only diet question that existed is, can we get enough calories? Oh my God, where can we find something to eat? Is there anything to eat? Can we grow something to eat? Can we go into the forest and find something to eat? Something, anything, anything. Several of our, this is gruesome, but several of our children have starved to death. I don't want that to happen to this one. Right, exactly. That has been the only concern. And then in the last hundred years or so, in the era of industrialized food, and readily available uh, pre-cooked food. Now, all of a sudden, we're huge. We're fat. And so, yeah, yeah our internal mechanisms are set for the previous half a, mil- half a million years. It's uh, insidious. You know, and I've been on this track for the last couple of months where I, I, I lost about five pounds, which is almost exactly 3% of my body weight. And I'm hungry all the time. And so, and, 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 and during that period, I gained that five pounds back. I wasn't hungry. So I feel like I can either carry around that extra five pounds. I I need to lose more than that, but I can either carry that around and not be hungry all the time or lose it and spend my whole life being hungry. You could smoke a little (laughs) mess. And hardly eating anything to stay just five pounds below that weight. I mean, mean, what kind of an option is that? It's kind of the bargain I've struck with the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I got too fat. So, you know, I'm trying to be 25 pounds or so under my fattest weight. And uh, and it's a lifelong diet. You, you know, like they say, you're not on a diet. You have a diet. Um, it's a drag. God, I tried to communicate to my kids. Um, just don't gain it in the first place because of this science. Because, you know, Craig, the Obamacare lawyer, hit, this to, hit me to this years ago that that was undeniably true, what you've been talking about. And But it, it's tough. I mean, you got some people have uh, the they store calories gene. Uh, more than burn calories, Gene. Some people will always be thin, no matter what they eat. Um, and then you got, you know, your various emotional crises, your freshman 15 at college or whatever. And it's tough, man. You just Medication, not... my youngest is on oh, various medication that he right. just eats like crazy. And right. he's gained a lot of weight because of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, it's, you know, I want to know this, but it is depressing. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I'm a realist. You can't, and and it make it makes so much sense once you hear about it, because it's always seemed weird. So why can't I lose ten pounds and then eat the way I was eating before when I wasn't gaining weight and just stay with that ten pounds off? Well, right. it's because your metabolism shows down, slows down. It right. hoards all the calories you take in. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's incredible. When I'm at my... And, uh, and your brain is begging you to eat all the time. Yeah, and when I'm at my set point weight, which is more than I'd like it to be, I can eat pie and donuts and stuff like that, and I don't really gain weight. I would a little bit over time, but it would take a long time. on top of pies. Oh, yeah. So do you deny yourself, like, all that stuff and be hungry all the time to stay under your weight? Oh, and one thing I thought was interesting in here is, um, for whatever reason, almost all doctors are thin. And so uh, this person claims that doctors have a certain attitude about weight loss because of that. I think that very well could be true. For some reason, about the sort of person that gets into medical school, or maybe they know this stuff, or the pressure of medical school they're talking about here, but a lot of doctors are thin, so they might have a different attitude on 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 the realities of trying to lose weight and keep it off than the population at large. How I many wonder. doctors have you ever had that are like 20, 30 pounds overweight? I've never had one. I, I do have one, but he's an outlier. Yeah. It doesn't change the reality of the science. No! It might change the reality of their attitude of, and yeah, I should lose a few pounds. Well, and speaking of the realities of the human beast, we all want to credit our strengths to strength of character and our weaknesses to genetics. So your thin doctors are thinking, I, of course I'm thin, I'm disciplined, you're undisciplined. That's why you're fat. <laughs> right. And, you know, their, their need to, uh, you know, bolster their own ego comes up against the science, and the science loses. Well, even... I'm just guessing, you know, even if even if lack of discipline got you fat in the first place, which could happen, it doesn't matter now. If the set point is there, discipline has nothing to do with it. With this science here, right? I don't know. Text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. I don't know what you're supposed to do with that information. Lose Give up? weight very slowly and just do your best. Do your best. Yeah. Don't eat that donut, I guess. I right. Don't. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. She said, well, it might not be him, and there were gaps, and she said she was totally inebriated, and she was all messed up. And she doesn't know it was him, but it might have been him. Oh, gee, let's not make him a Supreme Court judge because of that. She has admitted, John, to um, gaps in her memory. She has also reportedly said at one point she can't exactly be sure that it was Brett Kavanaugh who exposed himself. Does that hurt her credibility? No, I think that helps her credibility. I mean, if somebody's going to make something up, they're not going to put gaps in their memory, right? So there you go. So the president saying, I mean, I understand his argument, but by that, uh. <laughs> by that argument, I wasn't even there. So, I mean, the flimsier the, fact, the story, the more convincing the, the it is. The fact that I'm admitting that shows that I'm being honest. Um, I, listen, I get the reasoning, yeah. but it, it would be true in some cases. But if one of the gaps is I'm not sure it was him, that just removes that allegation from any need to consider it. So, Unless there is a pattern of fifteen other women or something like that. So there, the, the, it's this is this is a game of chess this week politically. Oh, clearly, and it's it's interesting. And, and it has, moves. What percentage of it has to do with 
getting to the truth and justice and the rest of it. Not much. At the highest level. By the politicians, very, very little at this point. But the game of chess, and I don't know who's winning because I don't know how it's going to turn out. And only, uh, you know, only the polls will, will tell us at some point. Because as I've been saying, I'm not sure if I'm a Democrat. I want a vacant Supreme Court seat come first week in November. Mm-hmm. You might get every Republican in the country show up as in your, if you're if I'm a Democrat, that's not good for me. Um, so the politics are complicated. And on this one, so the D's thought they had a win that now there's a second accuser. That's when you've got a pattern. But the Republicans have calculated this one's flimsy. So we're going to talk this one up big to make it all seem flimsy. Er, make it all seem flimsier. Or lower the average. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, so they were big all day long. The president, Mitch McConnell, everybody, you got this woman, and she's drunk and on the floor, and you don't know. We'd love to have her come. Te- they want her to testify. Right. Because as you just said, it lowers the average of the of the believability in the room. Yeah, all so the that's maneuvering. The re- that's Oy. the Republican calculation. I'm not sure it'll work, but that's clearly what they decided yesterday. Let's hammer on this second accuser. Let's talk about it all day long. So, so people who are barely paying attention kind of get Ford and Ramirez all mixed together, right? And then guess. you get the credibility contest of the uh, the accuser and the accused trotted out there in front of uh, the senators, which in my mind could not possibly yield anything useful. I mean, unless unless you're on the fringes and you think that uh, that you know. Uh, uh, Kavanaugh is clearly a rapist. I mean, he's probably raping somebody right now, which is just a Looney Tunes and, and crazy attitude. Or you're convinced that uh, Ms. Blasey Ford is indeed merely a Democrat activist and has invented all of this out of whole cloth. Um, well, then, you know, possibly you could rattle him a little bit. But I don't think uh, I think there's a practically zero chance that either of those scenarios is true. And so you're going to end up with something in the 80 percent in the middle where they both seem sincere, and you're left precisely where you were before it began, especially given the fact that that Kavanaugh has spoken on the record at length about this, as has Dr. Blasey Ford. You know, you add to that the thousands of questions he answered for the senators, many of whom knew this stuff all along. Um, there's just there's no way this gets us any closer to something like the truth. But if you end up with the same situation as you did in 1991 with Clarence Thomas and Anita Hill, as we played last week, they both sounded completely believable. Right. At that point in our history, tie goes to the the uh, accused. We can't we can't nail it down, which is the way our judicial system works, by the way. Sure. Um, you, you can't nail down whether guilt or not. You get to be on the Supreme Court. A lot of people are arguing that now it's the other way around. Ty goes to the accuser. You can't nail it down. You go with her story, and he doesn't get on. Doesn't get a lifetime appointment to the most powerful position. Blah blah. blah. Depending on the credibility of the story, yeah. Well, that's an incredibly dangerous. If it's a tie, uh, if you believe but... them m- both tomorrow, mm-hmm. do you go? Ty go to the uh, judge or to I, the accuser? I have thoughts on that. The presumption okay. of guilt, etc. And right. how uh, that very idea should terrify you. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, Kavanaugh accusers ramping up the pressure before the hearings. San Francisco, the sinking city, the new transit center has just been shut down, and Bill Cosby's new home, we have prison details. And a new feature, Sean's one-word market review, as he's an investor now. Wow. Literal hundreds of dollars. <laughs> You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
Somebody sent a picture of a place where they get their oil change. The auto service center has on their marquee. It's back. Pumpkin spice oil changes. <laughs> I like That's it. pretty funny. Sean, like this is a new feature we're going to do. Sean has now got hundreds of dollars invested in a number of stocks on the, uh, and he's talking about his stocks all the time behind all the, the time. scenes. All the time. It's his obsession now. Here's Sean's one word market review for the morning. Cooling. Cooling. Okay, there you nice. go. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There you go. So invest accordingly. And you know what? <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is every bit as good yes. as the freaking market review you get from almost everybody who's got a degree in it and has studied it their whole lives in terms of value to you. Maybe what you're going to do today. No, there, it's as good. I, I follow financial news a fair amount. And there are at least three distinct kinds of stupid in terms of financial reporting. There's the drive-by. The Dow is up 150. Stocks are surging. Which is useless. Well, the Dow has dropped 210 points. All news that Trump, blah, blah, blah. It is useless. Absolutely useless. Then you have the the uh, desperate desire to be the guy who called it. And so you constantly have people making either incredibly rosy or dire predictions because they, you know, they want to be the stop clock that's right twice a day. And so you got <laughs> Good one. that going on as well. And so, yeah, you got to be really careful. Oh, my God. Gloria Allred's on Good Morning America. Finally, Gloria Allred to bring us clarity <laughs> and morality. George Stephanopoulos is talking to Gloria Allred as the, uh, the what, as a panelist. Michael Avenatti busy? <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to the news now of Marsha Phillips. Well, ramping up the pressure before tomorrow's hearings, lawyers for Christine Blasey Ford say they have submitted sworn affidavits to the Senate Judiciary Committee from four people who say she told them Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh assaulted her in high school. All four documents say Ford revealed the assault, alleged assault well before President Trump nominated Kavanaugh. So she's got During four, the counseling, mostly? Or probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably but, around but, that okay, time. Yeah, okay. So, But I've never, me personally, I've never thought she's making this up that something happened but that just means as of 2012 she believed that Kavanaugh was the guy we still you're looking at a 30 plus year gap and alcohol and memory and all the different things that factor in and you got the second woman accusing Kavanaugh of sexual misconduct she says she is willing to testify before the committee if invited now so far Deborah Ramirez has not been invited and the New York Times said it cannot corroborate her story. Yeah, that one is so flimsy, Marshall. I know you have to report it. It's still out there. But that one is not even worth considering Oh, yeah, anymore. the president's talked about it numerous times yesterday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's it's newsworthy, clearly, but just so flimsy. The New York Times seems to be really enjoying right. beating up on the New Yorker. Yes. San Francisco, the... Because the New York Times didn't run the Weinstein story when the New Yorker did. Remember, that was a big thing. The New Yorker blasted the New York Times for having this information. So you're claiming not journalistic standards, but hissy fit. Some of it is definitely that. Oh, now, now, now. I think, hasty, the New, yeah. I think the New Yorker got a lot of credibility as a, as a you know, we take these things seriously. The New York Times doesn't. And now the New York Times is saying, that's a bunch of crap what they're saying. You guys will print anything. Yeah. You got one right. <laughs> You're lucky. You were just lucky. San Francisco, the sinking city, the brand new Salesforce Transbay Transit Center has been shut down 
after workers found a crack in one of the steel beams that supports the rooftop park. Is oh that boy. important? Oh, Hell yeah. of a lot of people go through the transit oh, center. Oh, yeah. Holy cats. Is the roof to a big building a thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is just... Collapsing the... roofs are kind of third-worldy. We yeah. try to avoid that in the United States. This is just the latest headache for the more than $2 billion transportation hub plagued by glitches and cost overruns since its inception almost 20 years ago. Now, the center is right next to the troubled Millennium Tower, which has sunk 18 inches since it opened in 2009. And it turns out a company called Webcore Construction, which is behind the Leaning Tower, also helped build the Transit Center. Whoops. Yeah, the cracked uh, beam had city officials closing down the terminal during rush hour yesterday. Along with some streets, commuters are being shunted to the nearby uh, old terminal, which had been used during the center's construction. Why don't you do what Italy did? You make your leaning buildings a tourist attraction, something to marvel at. (laughs) Meanwhile, structural engineers are going to be inspecting the uh, transit center this morning, and they may have an update right around noon. But, yeah, thousands of people use that transit center. What's the name of the big building? I always forget it. I've been to it multiple times, but the, the one that's sinking, 18 the, inches? The Millennium, Millennium Tower. Right, exactly. Yes. Uh, I, if I'm buying real estate there, I'm going third floor at the lowest. Otherwise, you know, within 10, 15 years, you could be looking out your windows at dirt as that thing continues to sink into the earth. Pennsylvania corrections officials say Bill Cosby will serve his sentence at a new state prison in the Philadelphia suburbs. Three years before he's eligible for parole, right? Yes, and correct. he's how old? 81. Huh. 81. Department of Corrections providing details about uh, his uh, incarceration after he got sentenced to 3 to 10 for sexual assault. He's going to be uh, serving at the prison about 20 miles from his gated uh, estate. The $400 million prison opened up just two months ago, brand new. He's being housed in a single cell near the infirmary. A corrections uh, secretary there said the prison's long-term goal is going to be to place Cosby in the general population. Under prison policy, he's going to be allowed phone calls and visits and will get a chance to exercise. And again, supposedly, there'll be an inmate hired to help guide him around since he is allegedly almost totally blind. So well, I, 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 I hope he's at the very least uncomfortable. I mean, feels incarcerated. Oh, I think he will. Good. And one final note. I know that you're uh, very big into uh, Ancestry.com, into the services that provide DNA background checks and yeah, the like. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I found it very interesting. I'm mostly Viking, process. my brother found out. Mostly We're Vikings. Viking. All right. Take well, off that hat, by the way. You look like an idiot. Ever since I found out I'm a Viking. And I so- like the horns. <laughs> Ancestry and Spotify, it turns out, are joining forces to bring people playlists based on their DNA. (laughs) People who have submitted a testing kit can have it linked to their Spotify account where a playlist will merge their taste with music from their ancestral homeland. Yes! Whip up that whole ethnic thing. It's so hot these days. I want to hear a lot of jigs. A lot of jigs and sea shanties and old-timey English songs and that sort of thing. Yeah, but aren't you part Neanderthal? Uh, well, I'm I'm uh, I'm in the 99th percentile for Neanderthal DNA. I wonder what kind of spot, what kind of playlist they'd come up for that? A lot of, <laughs> a lot of banging like bones on rocks. Yeah, that sounds like it. That's, That's for Jack. Jack yeah. Blowing a, a mammoth horn there. <laughs> this one goes out to Sven Armstrong. <laughs> Got a rape and pillage today. There you go. That's your news. Not Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I've got to go.
go back because the more data they get, the more they're able to narrow down and go back over your, your genes. So right. I got to see if they've made any progress on mine. Yeah, there's an article in the USA Today about that. Tests are getting more precise and more popular. Yeah, I'm as white as uh, Rima Copier paper, as it turns out. Not a big surprise. <laughs> I mean, I, there's there's hardly a Spaniard snuck into the hen house. You're not very jiggy. I'm all Northern Euro. Yeah. Boy, got to slather on the sunscreen and, I don't know, go fishing for tuna or mackerels. I don't know. What, what do we do? Uh, we're going to talk to David Drucker at 8.04 about what the climate is in D.C. and what he thinks this thing will look like tomorrow. If it happens, it's going to be one of the great spectacles of of decades. 60% of Americans say they're going to watch or listen. I don't doubt that. It's going to be huge. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. That's where I like to get them. 415-295-KFTC. Uh, Kavanaugh, again, Pandora is calling me. <clears throat> I understand feeling that way. On the other hand, it is one of the more consequential political stories of my lifetime. So we will be covering it in full. Once again, we, or more particularly you, have failed to please all the people all the time. Mm-hmm. Jack, uh... Jack will be listening to a lot of Bork music, I guess, on Spotify as they're coming up with playlists for your ancestry. Bjork. I guess oh, she's Bork. I was thinking Robert Bork. No. Does Bjork, he have a music career? Bjork, the screeching musician. I had a friend who was so into Bjork. I mean, just loved Bjork. And I've never, I tried. She was really nice, really, really respected her opinion. Yeah. Just could not get into it. Oh. I, yeah, I like some of her yeah. stuff. It's a lot of that. Yeah. That's what you like. A $2 billion building, a $2 billion building, and it can't even be used. Jesus, California, look at yourself in the mirror. I don't appreciate the J-bomb. I, I don't think most of California has retained the capacity for self-examination. I don't think realism is a beast. Realism is like the grizzly bear. It's no longer known in California. No longer you know, gallops across the plains. Cohorts in the mountains. And this will lead us into another story. Facebook just banned a few of my buddies for having photos up with them doing the A-OK sign. I wish I was joking. What the F? Oh, man. Actually doing the A-OK, and they got banned on Facebook, which owns Instagram, which has done this. Well, yeah, before we get into that, the A-OK thing. So you can give the A-OK sign, you know, like that. But if you spread your fingers a little bit to, to make like a W for white power. I mean, steal second. No, no, that means you're a white supremacist. On the other hand, if I, now I can't do the eight. Eh, I kind of my fingers are kind of limp, so they make kind of a weird font W. But so now I'm self conscious about it. I can't figure out how you, do I actually. So this do is it. the way I do it. Is that okay? Oh no! 
Oh no! Nazi! Not fascist! Nazi fascist! Hmm. Yeah. Okay. And it also means uh, I think you're an anus in uh, in Mexico. But you actually get booted off Facebook for that, okay? Well, yeah, and Instagram, which is a Facebook property. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. If, if Google ain't buying you, Facebook is. If you got more than like 12 users. And Instagram, uh, which, of course, is mostly known for celebrities showing their, their, their boobies and, and people on sexy vacations in beautiful places and, and, and climbing to the top of something and falling to their deaths, we learned the other day. Anyway, uh, Instagram has also become a giant marketplace for advertising illegal drugs. I had no idea of this. And uh, it's the, the interesting part of this, and Elizabeth Dwoskin of the Washington Post wrote about this. It's a great piece, but... It's struggling to keep pace with with its own algorithms, and I'll explain why. But so you click around on Facebook, you got all sorts of hashtag or Instagram, you got all sorts of hashtags: hashtag oxy, hashtag Percocet. How about hashtag hash? Hashtag painkillers probably there. Uh, hashtag oxycontin. There's many many examples, um, and and it's some people grappling with addiction, lending each other support, talking about their fight, but it's mostly drug dealers and people wanting to buy. I don't know how we're going to work this out unless we just go wild west on this stuff. I don't know how else you do it. Um, so here's... I can understand why you don't want a business that is a platform for advertising drugs. On the other hand, how do you stop it? Well, that's the problem. You end, up look, you end up with someone looking through all the Instagram pictures who wants to kill themselves because they see all this terrible stuff like right. that Facebook person right. that we talked about yesterday. Yeah, quite a few Facebook people. But So if you follow the dealer account or even like one of their posts, Instagram's algorithms go to work as designed. In this case, by filling up your feed with posts for drugs, suggesting other sellers to follow and introducing new hashtags like hashtag Zans for sale. And so <laughs> this is this is mostly just amusing. But so you'll have ads in your feed from Target, Chase Bank, Procter and Gamble uh, appearing next to posts illegally selling pills. Um, and so uh, Facebook's chief operating officer, Sheryl Sandberg, said her company was firmly against such activity, but they can't quite figure out how to get ahead of their own algorithms um, and, and find and remove opioid listings. I'm not sure why, but I don't know enough about how the technology works. And I know people who are people who need to get around these rules are very good at getting around them. Well, right. And, and there's, Alternate all, spellings, and there's all kinds of indiv- individual instances of things on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter that we would all, most of us agree, yeah, that probably shouldn't be on there. But as soon as you start down that road, it gets impossible very, very quickly. Said Rick Lane, a longtime technology policy advisor who helped push some legislation through Congress this year, just as drug use rewires the brain to crave more of the substance, social media platforms have designed their sites in such a way that after a single search for an illicit drug, the algorithm gets rewired to advertise drugs to the already vulnerable user. Forever then, I wonder? So if Pretty I accidentally much. do this, I'm going to get oxy ads for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah from drug dealers. God, what's unless you you spend so much time uh, searching for golf equipment next month, it like pushes the drugs off the the table. I guess. God, I had a perfect example. I don't remember what it is the other day that I, I uh, bought something, and now I'm getting. It's one of those things that you buy once in a lifetime, or maybe once every twenty years, mm-hmm. and now I'm getting nonstop ads for it. Right. And how long will that last? Yeah. 
when I bought that wood splitter, that's the way it was, all of a sudden thought I was a lumberjack company or something like that. I mean, most people never buy one, and one is enough. Yeah. Although, you know what? I didn't buy the super crazy, big, powerful one because uh, it was more expensive mostly, but um, now I've learned that splitting oak is no joke. You know how many times it's I've... It's dense wood, Jack. You know how many, how many times I've regretted buying the next better one of something? Like once in my whole life. It's always turned out to be a good idea in my experience. Uh, you never regret buying quality, as they say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just... There's I, like one example I'm where thrifty. I, I could have done better without that. Yeah, yeah, I should have known. Should have known. I mean, you got an oak uh, log like that. I mean, not, it's a dense wood, Jack. Very dense. Uh, Thank you. I have a seven. Thank you for that. Seven ton log splitter. All right. It applies seven tons of pressure to a, a, a very sharp wedge, and it just shuts down. It won't. It won't split that wood. It takes more than that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. What are you gonna do? You're gonna buy a bigger one. Anybody want to buy a seven ton uh, log splitter? Uh, so uh, says uh, Carolyn Everson, who's uh, with uh, Facebook. Oh, she's Facebook's vice president for global marketing solutions. We're not yet sophisticated enough to tease apart every post to see if it's trying to sell someone illegal drugs or they're taking right. Xanax because they're stressed out. Well, not sophisticated enough, or it's just completely unrealistic to do. I, I would tend toward your interpretation. Um, I, 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 ju- I have not heard. Now, I've hardly heard a single solution to this sort of dilemma that isn't a cure worse than the disease. Particularly when when it comes to quote-unquote hate speech, none of that stuff makes any sense. How many tens of millions of people are going to tune in tomorrow? What's it going to look like? We're going to talk to our old friend David Drucker about this coming up. The Kavanoscopy we're talking about. Oh, yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.